God's trying to tell us something through this story about our salvation. So He doesn't just bring them out of Egypt. He wants to bring them into the promised land. You're listening to the Braveheart Podcast. For more information about Braveheart Ministries, visit braveheartministries.org. So open your Bibles to Exodus 6. Um, you guys know this little chart by now. we got the garden. We've got the fall. Consequences. Israel. Do you guys understand why we do it in this way? Is this helpful to see this? So that, um, again, I just want to reiterate an overview. I think it's important to hear it um, and to be reminded This is the goal of this class, your relationship with the Lord. It's why we're studying in depth our salvation. It's why we're going this deep. Um, I think a lot of believers are frustrated in their relationship. Their relationship goes up and down because it's not built on faith. It's built on their work or their behavior. So over here, if you build your relationship on your work, then this is something you can achieve. And your goodness comes from your work, and your relationship is only as deep as your performance. Right? Because what happens if you fail here? If you don't achieve, what happens if you miss the mark, and this is how you've built your relationship with God? What happens? What happens if you, if you disappoint Him in that way? This suffers. And the temptation is to believe that God gets angry, He gets mad, He's disappointed, He's going to chastise you, right? This is what we all walk through or face on a, on a daily basis. And as we talked about from the very beginning, this work started in the garden because of the knowledge of good and evil. They started clothing themselves, they started working the ground, all that stuff. And so uh, we've gotten to the point where we're going to discover, I'm going to give you a, uh, this, this table here, this notes, now, but I want to show you today specifically how um, the journey of Moses and Joshua, you know these guys worked to save Israel, right? They were the leaders that brought Israel from where? Let's just, let's just do a quick history of you. I want you guys to, I know we're hopping right in here. So... Who is Israel? He was Jacob. Whose son was he? Okay. And whose son was Isaac? Okay. So then Israel's name was what? Jacob, you said? Okay. So you had 12 sons. So Joe got sold into slavery. To where? Egypt. How did all of these people get to Egypt? Joseph was there. He got the right hand of Pharaoh. You know the story. Then what happened? There was a famine in Canaan. Where, these get, where this whole family was living, and they get reconciled to Joseph, and they're like, wow, God made a way for us to eat. And so when they first came into Egypt, they had a lot of favor with Pharaoh, right? It was just this family, maybe I don't know how many people, all their sons and daughters and all that, hundred, you know, maybe a couple hundred people. And so over the years, though, what happened to Israel, which now doesn't refer to a man, it refers to his family, God's family, Okay, what happened to them? So here's where we're going to pick up the story. Okay? So Pharaoh is dominating Israel. 
He's enslaving them. And God sends a leader to save them. Okay? Now here's what we're going to do. We're going to study this morning. We're going to study how Moses, giving you the little bit of the end of the story. We're going to study how Moses and Joshua were used by God to save Israel. Because here's my thing, guys. In the church, we talk about saved. Is he saved? And when we say that over here, this is the New Testament, New Covenant. When we say saved, what do we mean? When you say, hey, like someone says, hey, I'm, I'm interested in, it's Valentine's Day, so it's maybe a conversation went like this in your dorm. I'm interested in dating this person. And your friend goes, well, are they saved? <laughs> I hope your friend says that. Some of y'all, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Missionary dating. Then you're quoting all uh, Gomer and what's his name? <laughs> Don't do that. That's not a word for you. All right, what do we mean when we say saved? Huh? Like spiritually. Yeah, but what are we saying? When we say are they saved, what, what are you wanting to know? Yeah, it's a mess, right? This word is a mess for us. It's a mess. And it's, and it's that religious mess that surrounded that word that has produced so much confusion in the body of Christ. And so I want to, like, you guys, you've probably learned this by now. I'm not super smart. I'm just super simple. And sometimes I think simple is better. I think simple is better. Like, if, if someone's drowning in a lake... If Bobby's drowning in a lake and I pull Bobby out, Bobby's saved from the water. So we say saved. Is he saved? Saved from what? So when I say, is he saved? You're wanting to know which part of the fall of man are you wanting to know are they saved from? What are we saved from? Like we just say saved as like this, this tagline. Oh, I'm saved. I belong in this camp. That's not good. That's, that's lazy English. How are you going to be able to respond to people in the world with your faith if you don't know what you're saved from and you can't articulate it? Why, why, did, why would they want, like, saved from what? And now we're there trying to convince them that they need to be saved? Saved from what? So this is why we've been looking at this. This is so cool, guys. When you start to see all of this unfold, it's amazing. So you start to see all the consequences in the way that sin afflicted humanity, that we became slaves to sin, right? Okay? So you see this, this, this thing happen to humanity, and then God's so cool. He started a family, and the Bible says that, that this old covenant system is a shadow. Okay, how, how real is my shadow? It's pretty real. Some of you get healed if you come get in it. I'm just kidding. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I believe it, Lord. So, but, but how much more dynamic am I than my shadow? Like, my shadow is attached to me, but it, me as a person is so much more dynamic and real and living than that shadow. And so we're going to look at the shadow this morning, but your Bible says that the substance of that shadow, I think it's in Colossians. I get confused sometimes. The substance 
belongs to Christ. So when you start to study the shadow and you can see the outline of Christ's shadow in this story, you start to get an idea of, okay, what am I looking for when I see Jesus, when I see the substance? So we're going to look at saved and what saved means. And I'm just going to do a little parallel thing here. So Israel's slaves and we were slaves to sin. So we're like Israel and they're slaves to Egypt, but we're slaves to sin. Now, God sent Moses to save Israel. Did he not? Did he? As a deliverer, right? God sent Jesus to save us, right? Okay, so we're going to start to see the parallel unfold as we look at uh, how Moses began to set um, Israel free. All right. Exodus chapter 6, we're going to read, uh, we're going to start reading in verse 6. This is God speaking to Moses, and he's telling him what to say. He's casting vision for what's about to happen in their lives. He says, Say therefore to the people of Israel, I am the Lord, and I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians, and I will deliver you from slavery to them, and I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with great acts of judgment. I will take you to be my people, listen to his heart, and I will be your God, and you shall know that I am the Lord your God who has brought you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. Now, that would be cool if that's where he left off. But look at verse 8. So not only is he going to bring them out of slavery, but I will bring you in to the land that I swore to give Abraham. To Isaac and to Jacob, I will give it to you for a possession. I am the Lord. Now listen to this. Moses spoke thus to the people of Israel, but they did not listen to Moses. Why? Why did they not listen? Because of their broken spirit and harsh slavery. So God comes and you could say, you could say in one sense that Moses is preaching the gospel to Israel. Moses comes with a word from God, hey, God's going to save you. It's like us going to your lost cousin or daughter or brother, hey, God wants to save you. And they're like, they don't listen. Why didn't they listen? Why does it say they didn't listen? Did it say they didn't listen because they didn't want that? No, their spirit's been broken. Listen, when you approach people on the streets or in your family, they may not listen to you because they've been broken by sin and they're in bondage to sin. They've been enslaved to sin. Okay? So let's just just look. So Moses comes onto the scene. He's like, all right, Pharaoh, it's time to let let God's people go. We're going to go worship him in the wilderness. And Pharaoh says no. And then the first thing, Pharaoh goes down to the river Moses smacks the water, and the water turns into blood. And we know the story. So then you see these nine other plagues. Okay? So let's do water to blood. You see eight other plagues. And then the tenth plague is the firstborn is going to die. Now, this is where we, this is where we, want, to get, we want to get specific. 
What was the prescription to Israel that they would be saved from the firstborn dying? So there was a remedy. So blood where? On the doorpost. Okay. Now what, what was it, who was it that was going to kill the firstborn? The death angel. So in this one little slice, this one little picture, if they put blood on their doorpost... Israel would be saved from the death angel. Once saved, always saved from the death angel. Were they ever going to have to mess with the death angel again? So they were saved from death. So Jesus' blood on the wood, when he, the blood of the cross, now remember this is a shadow, so we're looking at a shadow. His blood is, is so much more dynamic than the blood of a lamb. But when you see it, you start to see all of these corresponding things. If Okay, the first miracle Moses did was turn water to blood. What was the first miracle Jesus did? What was, what, was, what was God saying through Moses to Pharaoh by turning the water into blood? What was, he, what was God trying to convey? Like, what was the heart of God towards Pharaoh turning the water into blood? What was, his, what was God trying to convey to Pharaoh? His power? What did God want? He wanted freedom for his people. He said, I want to be your God. I want you to be mine. Okay? So who was in the way of that? It's a bad place to be. In between God's desire for people and trying to obstruct God's heart for people. That's a bad place to be. And this was an announcement from God to Pharaoh that your life's about to get really miserable. God was plaguing Pharaoh. He was tormenting Pharaoh. Because Pharaoh stood in the way between him and his desire. Now look, you think it's an accident that Jesus turned water to wine as his first miracle? Do you think God was trying to say something to the one who enslaved humanity? God was announcing through Jesus, devil, your life's about to get really hard. For the next three years, my son's going to torment you and plague you. 1 John 3.8 says this, The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. So every person he healed, every demon he cast out, every poor that had the good news preached to them, the devil, all of the works of the devil were being unraveled and it was, the devil's heart was getting hardened and hardened and hardened. And he's like, man, I'm going to kill this guy. You see the picture? You see the similarities? But what, it was a rescue mission. Okay? Now, but here, look, it wasn't just to bring them out. So I want you to see this. this. This just gets better and better. And I wrote all this out so you don't have to take notes. I have a cool graph, which I've never done in my life. Okay? So, yeah. There is a God in heaven. So look. So look. So, so let me ask you. The death, they were saved from the death angel, but... But here in this story, their belts were buckled. They ate the lamb, the Passover. You all know the story. The blood was on the post. And now God's like, hey, I want you to go. It's time to hightail it out of here. And so they get out. So they were saved from the death angel. But were they saved from Pharaoh yet? So you're saying it's possible to be saved, but not yet fully saved. So many Christians. I wish you could understand this. They're like, well, how come if he's saved... And God promised me if I'm saved, how come I'm still struggling with sin? It's the same way Israel was saved from death. They're not going to hell. You can be saved from hell and still struggle with Pharaoh. Okay? You guys see God's, God's trying to tell us something. 
through this story about our salvation. So he doesn't just bring them out of Egypt. He wants to bring them into the promised land. I hope you enjoyed this episode of our podcast. For more resources, visit BraveheartMinistries.org.